Which denomination did Jesus die for? I'm not sure if this is the right title for the episode, but for some reason it made me laugh. That was enough for me to keep it. In this episode, I conclude my talk with Brooke Bolts. We start off talking about her resiliency in a business environment that's continually being disrupted. Along with her faith, it's kept her and her business moving forward. An interesting thing about disruption, it provides opportunities you'd never receive without it. If you keep your eyes of faith open, you'll be able to grab hold of incredible blessings. We then pivot to her views on her calling. Brooks says everyone should be searching for what they should be doing with their lives, something beyond going to church and paying bills. Listener, I agree. Hey, welcome to Chasing the Kingdom, where our goal is to provide hope and wisdom for spirit-led entrepreneurs. I'm John Balawa, and I believe God wants to use entrepreneurs to make the world better. Romans 8.19 says that the world is decaying and groaning for the revealing of God's sons and daughters. And that means the world needs you. And there are problems that can't be solved until you step into your God-given identity. If you want to stir up those gifts, then you're in the right place. Let's get hyped up for today's show. So, girl boss, mindset, innovative. The Another word I think about when I think of you is resiliency. Now, I know your industry has been really disrupted, recent, disrupted recently. I admire how, and we've had personal conversations, and I won't ever talk about that, but what... I what I saw in you was the resoluteness and just the leadership that you had and the care for your team. Like you were like, we're, we're going to stand together. I'm going to keep us together. I love that resiliency. Did you want to mention like some of the challenges that are happening in the industry? We don't have. Yeah. Um, so I'm an attorney. I do injury and insurance cases. The bulk of my work in the last, say, five years has been homeowners insurance cases. And just for people who may not know what that means, it means if someone, if a hurricane, we live in Florida, we get a lot of hurricanes, if a hurricane damages your house and you make a claim to your insurance company and they deny you or they underpay you, then I represent those homeowners to try to get the money they need to fix their homes. Um, and prior to... December of 2022, we had the right to recover our attorney's fees if we were successful. And so that was the bulk of my work. And they changed the law in December of 2022 to remove our right to attorney's fees. And so that has had a massive impact on my business and on my clients because now my fees are paid as a percentage of what they recover from the insurance company, which means they never will have enough money to fix their home because some percentage of it is coming to me. Right. And it's heartbreaking to me that now my happy clients who I used to be able to get them enough to make their repairs and all they'd have to pay out of pocket was their deductible. Now they're going to be having to pay more over and above that. And, and, and many people just aren't in a financial position to be able to do that. So it's been... Horrible for my clients, but also horrible for my business because now 
um, a $20,000 roof claim, for example, that I used to be able to be paid over and above the $20,000 uh, for my attorney's fees. Now I'm taking a percentage of that $20,000, which means if the insurance company drags out the case uh, for a long time, then, then I'm in the hole because I put more time and more money into the case than what my percentage will reimburse me for. So uh, it also limits the the types of cases that I can take on. So it's just, it's it's been tough and it's going to get tougher. Um, but I have uh, prayed a lot about what the right direction for me to go is. And I've been uh, focusing on some different areas of practice in the last year or so. I got licensed in Texas uh, so that I can take on cases there as well. And uh, just have really, it, but I will say this, because this is a, a learning lesson for me too, is that my revenue in the last uh, last year was substantially less, actually the last two years, because this was this has been coming for a while. Even before the law changed, insurance companies were leaving the state of Florida, they were going out of business. And it was harder to uh, recover the amounts that we used to be able to recover. Right. So even though I had the same number of cases coming in, they weren't bringing in as much money because it just the insurance companies didn't have it. They were they were struggling, and so my revenue in the last two years have been substantially less than they were three years ago. And uh, and at first I thought this is horrible. I need to I need to I need to get this back up. I need to I just it's so ingrained in me that I need to always be moving up. And there was a, a kind of a revelation to me this year that God said to me, why? Why? What What do you need that you don't have? And I sat there and thought, you know, I still can afford to do anything that I want to do. My, my standard of living hasn't changed in from, from that three years ago to now. I have the same home. I have the same vehicles. I have the same lifestyle I can go on vacation like my I have a blessed life and so why do I need to be making that much more the only change is that I'm not putting as much money into investment that's it that's the only thing I'm not putting as much money into investments that I did three years ago everything else has stayed the same and and but what has changed is my workload and my availability to do things like start a podcast yeah. and uh, and my stress level is dramatically lower because when you have hundreds of cases and upon hundreds of cases at any point in time, there's always a fire in one of them. And I, my, my blood pressure and my stress is always at maximum capacity because I'm just going from fire to fire to fire and... Things like participating in Tenfold wouldn't have been an option for me three years ago. So I really had this peace and awareness that your needs are met more than your needs. Your your desires are met. Like you I I am blessed. I I can refocus my ambition not so much on just making money and building a business but on the other things that are frankly more important in life that God has called me to. He hasn't just called me to be a lawyer. That's not all that I am. He has a purpose for me beyond that. And I never could really focus on it when 
my mind and thoughts are always just consumed with work. You know, it's interesting. I, I as you're talking, it 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 got me thinking about my life. Um, I you know, as an entrepreneur, I've had times of extreme amounts of money, and times without. You know, where business, uh, even losing a business uh, at one point, um, which was really hard on the family. But it, when I look back, it wasn't when the money was rolling in when I was the happiest. It was always like somewhere under the middle part where I was forced to be more creative and forced to build. Uh, but I had, like you said, uh, a lot more time uh, to spend on things that I love. Uh, now I'm at a point in my career where like, you know, I have multiple s streams of income and that gives me flexibility because I'm not like so focused on one thing. If I lose one thing, I'm not dead, you know? Right. And so, um, and, you know, I don't have to spend like all my time on one thing. And so it gives me flexibility to, to do this podcast, but to spend time with people that, that I really care about and, and build friendships with someone like you, you know? Uh, but I look back at what I found important. And when I was younger, money was the thing. When I made money, I realized, oh, this is not satisfying. <laughs> it's still feels kind of empty. And then I thought it was experiences. And so I traveled a lot and I spent a lot of money going, you know, going to different places. I found that wasn't it. And now I'm at a point where I'm realizing it's relationships and connections. I think that's the only thing we're going to take, you know, to heaven. But that has, I will say this, a lot of the people at that level, at least that I've met, are extremely lonely and I would say even toxic. And I, it's caused me to pray to God saying like, that's not the answer. Right. And if that's the price to get to that level, I don't want it, you know? And so it's it's interesting that you say that because it encourages me because, you know, I was actually, you know, kind of like wondering how you were going to overcome some of these things, but it just shows like, man, God's hand is on you and there are like so many things that he's going to take you into even further. Like there's going to be, I see like a, a huge bright future for you. Thank you. And that's the thing. I have had pitfalls and, and stumbling blocks and things along the way in my career. And for some reason, I never have felt fearful. Yeah. God has always opened the doors for me at the right time. And I uh, have, have always stood back and been astounded and not, I just, I, I never have been afraid, even, even now, um, I just feel like he will open those doors. And I wanted to comment quickly on something that you said that sparked a memory for me in that when I got to the levels of success that I have achieved, and and honestly, that was that was all new for me. I um you know, I, I came from a family, my dad is a pastor, my mom is a legal assistant. Uh we never had much money left over. Uh, after bills were paid growing up. And and even when I became a lawyer, I was the same. I was uh, almost 
uh, I had $160,000 of student loan debt when I got out of law school. And, uh, and, and even though I worked really hard and I worked my way up and from most standards, my salary was exceptional, I still was living paycheck to paycheck because of all the debt that I had. And, um, and so when I, for the first time, started my own business and started reaching uh, this level of financial freedom that I had never seen before or experienced before, I started to have this uh, kind of guilt weighing on me that was like, God, you're blessing me and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing beyond just going to work every day and taking care of my family. And I, I feel as though in the depths of my heart that you have something more for me than just paying bills every month and stacking money away in savings accounts. Like there's something more that I'm destined for, but I don't know what it is. And I just, it weighed on me for a long time until I finally just said, okay, God, like, I don't know what it is. So until you show me what it is, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing because I don't, I, I don't know. Like you're gonna have to show me and tell me what it is you want me to do beyond that. And then I got I, I got it. Like he revealed it to me. It, it took a few years. Um, and it was uniting the church through a Facebook group called Jesus Tribe. Yeah. And I have three three Jesus Tribe Facebook groups right now for Orange Seminole and Volusia counties. And there's actually kind of a story there too, because we talked about rejection and um I realized I was not as uh, resilient, maybe, as I had thought I was. Uh, I have a hero of mine, Sean Foyt, if you're familiar with him. And uh, if for, for listeners who may not know who he is, he's a worship leader who, when COVID came to California and the governor said, we're going to disallow singing in church, he stood up more boldly than probably any Christian in the country did and said, we are going to have outdoor worship services. And so he- He sure did stand up more than other people did. Oh, 100%. I don't know of anyone who stood up more no. than him. And so he he, he did a, he said, well, okay, we're, we're gonna meet outside and we're gonna sing outside because they were allowed to sing outside. And I think if I remember correctly, it was like something like 400 people came to the first one. And he just was propelled on this mission to go from state to state and over the next year or so he went to, through almost every state in the country maybe every state i don't know the specific number but he went from state to state doing outdoor worship services in part and wherever he could set up all over the country and started a massive revival in our country in the face of covid amen and he is just a huge hero of mine and I don't, I can't think of another person I would call a hero other than um, family members, my dad. You know, aside from that, I don't know of another, uh, not someone. My dad is great. But outside of family, Sean Foy is the only person that I would put that title on. Yeah. Um, and so I, I met Sean, Sean Foy. He came to Orlando and we went to coffee. And um, I told him about, my Jesus tribe idea at this point, it was kind of just in its formulaic stages. And, uh, he was not about it. Like he, he just kind of was like, look, Brooke, um, I don't think Christians are going to be unified. In fact, I think they're probably going to be, uh, 
what's the opposite of unified? Disunified, unified or disunified. I don't know what the right word is, but he says, I think we're going to have more separation of Christians. Yeah. It's going to kind of be the wheat from the from the chaff. Like we're going to be more divided than ever. So um, he just didn't see the vision of unifying Christians. And it uh, it really got me down. I I pretty much stopped building Jesus Tribe. It really hadn't had much momentum anyways, but I it, it was going to take a lot of effort and work on my part to get it going. And when he just didn't really see the vision or see the value, it uh, I just kind of let it sit stagnant for a long time. And probably two weeks ago, I was at a tenfold meeting actually, and she, towards the end of the meeting, uh, the leader said, "What what is it that you all want to commit to doing in this next month?" And something dropped in my spirit that was like, "You need to get back building Jesus Tribe." Like, that that is what I have called you to do, and I did. And it was just like, okay, like I'm done pouting over, over Sean Foyt's comment. And, you know, I don't, as much as I honor Sean Foyt, like this was something that God put into my heart. Amen. And I went back to start building it again. And this time the momentum took off. I mean, it took off. I was having 10 to 20 member requests a day and... And not only were people joining, but they were participating. I was, there was people just commenting and commenting and, 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 and adding value to people's lives. And it was operating exactly how I envisioned it when I first had the, um, when, when, he, when I first had the idea a couple of years ago and I, I was just so excited and then and then you won't believe this. I got my Facebook got hacked, and I haven't been able to get in Facebook for days. Whoa, that's that's a spiritual attack, definitely. <laughs> in twenty years, I've been a Facebook member. This is the first. Right when you have a hat, I did. I'm going to work on this. Yes, and it was it was work. It was growing. The momentum was growing like no other group I've ever been a part of before. It was every day I was getting all these requests. I would go to bed and wake up and have ten requests to join the Jesus Stripe groups, and then people were were just commenting. I, I would say, how you know, what was your takeaway from church service today? And people would, a dozen people would comment with their takeaways. It was, it was, it was fulfilling the vision that I had prayed for and believed for. Because the whole purpose behind it is, we get together in these big, impactful events like a, a, a Sean Boyd worship event, for example, and you are inspired and you're motivated and you look around the room and there's hundreds of other people there and you're thinking these these are my brothers and sisters these are all the people who we all have the same principles and and vision and and goals but yet when you go home that night you have no connection to those people ever again and where are they and 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 then you're back feeling like it's just me i had this impactful event god spoke to me but it's just me. What can I do as just myself? And so then we end up being like, okay, I'm going to start this ministry. I'm going to start that ministry. Everybody's over starting their own ministries all over the place, not realizing someone's doing the same thing down the street. And if we knew about it, we could join forces together and have that much more influence and that much more impact. So 
all that Jesus Tribe is, is a place for Christians to connect. You talked about Discord. It's just like, it's just a Discord for where gamers come together and they just talk. But when you put Christians in the same place where they can find each other, now all of a sudden we can be praying for each other because someone can put a prayer request. Now we can be supporting each other. Now someone who's doing a turkey giveaway, instead of just being out there trying to promote it on Facebook alone, right. the rest of the Christian body and that community can be sharing it as well and, and fighting other people who might want to participate. They can join forces and have so much more impact together than they can alone. And outside of that, our only sense of community is within your church body. Amen. And we have 52 churches in the city of Oviedo where I live. And there can, there's no unity from church to church because churches compete with each other. Absolutely. They are competitors. So they don't come together for anything because they don't want to your, their members to be taken to go somewhere else. I'm a pastor's daughter and I saw it with my own two eyes. I sat as a teenager in my dad's church service and was offended that my friend was going to a church down the street because I felt rejected. And I'm not, I am not against church. I'm a member and I'm not a member actually. I'm a tender of a church. I attend church. I give to the church. I participate in the church. I love the church. The church brings value, but it is not the end goal. As, as we are functioning cr- currently today, our church system is not all that we are called to do. We have so much more that we need to be doing than what the current existence of the church offers. And so all Jesus Tribe is, is a place for us to be like, hey, I'm here. And so are you. We're all here. Look at us. Let's do something. Let's help each other. Let's encourage each other. Instead of being limited to just, okay, I'm a Christian. What does that mean? Okay, I go to church. And done. You know, um, you brought a core memory back. Um, When I was a kid, like my mom, like me and my sister would fight all the time. And we would just argue. And um, I never wanted anyone to pick on my sister. I would always like get into fights, like if, if someone tried to mess with my sister. But like. I definitely was mean to her. Um, but um, my mom pulled me aside one time. It was one of those serious talks. It was like just my mom didn't have a lot of like pull me aside heart to heart type of talk. So when she did it, it I listened and and she said, she goes, John, my dream, you know what my dream is? And I was like, what is that? And what, what's your dream? She goes, that you and your sister would get along like him. Mm-hmm. If, if that's all I get, that's what I want. I want you guys to love each other. I want to know like, like you guys are going to take care of each other. And it really impacted me. I don't think I ever told her that. But the way she did it, it wasn't what she said. It was the way she did it. I could see that it was really, really important. So I logged that in my brain. And even though I still picked on her and stuff like that, I, my mom didn't know. But that was always in the back of my mind. And as I matured, you know, I became more protective over her and 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 treated her better um but when i got saved so when you get saved i think the normal thing to do is to look at parents desires and then match it with what god's desires so when i got saved i automatically had that filter 
like God wants me to get along with my brothers and sisters. Like that's important to him. You know, because my mom planted it in me, I immediately shifted that to God when I found out he was real. And and I honestly believe that God used that conversation to plant something in me because now community is like one of my extreme desires. Um, I have a gifting of bringing people together. I've used it in business and all this stuff, but really it's a, I believe a spiritual gift and a spiritual desire that God planted in me because he wants people to get together. He wants his sons and daughters never meant there to be denominations. You know, it was, he didn't die for Baptists. He didn't die for Catholics. He didn't die for non-denominational. He didn't die for Pentecostals. He died for the world. And um, there was no such thing as a denomination when the church was made. Now, it's interesting with my church. I, I believe every church has kind of like a mandate. Our extreme desire at my church is we we believe everyone should have a first personal relationship with God. Forget this religion where if God's going to speak to you, it's going to be through your pastor. That's a lie. Like God died for you and you should be able to hear his voice. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice, you know? And so that's one of the most important things to do. And we've been holding um, a monthly class on how to hear God for you. Um, and we do, we do it once a month. And for years, there would maybe one or two people showing up, maybe three, but we did it every month. In the last three years, it's exploded. Like sometimes we get more people showing up at the thing than people who show up at church. Um, wow. And all of them are from different churches. And so some, what that's telling me is something's happening in the spiritual realm right now. People are starting to wake up. And people are starting to see that regular church life is not the answer. In fact, I think a lot of them are seeing that a lot of them are, a lot of what is going on in church is stopping the answer. You know, it's not about programs. It's not about, um, you know, looking a certain way or acting a certain way. It's about that God decided to come down as a man to get down to our level, to have a relationship with us, died for us. And now he's calling you as an individual and a real relationship with God and a real community where we're all for one another. And that's just that what, what the Western church is doing is not enabling that. It's like you said, instead we're acting as if our, our church is the is the only church that Jesus died for because I used to go to a church where they got offended when I went to a different ministry because I was interested in the speaker or like if I wasn't going to all the events and all these stuff but it creates just just false persona and people I think forget who they are yes the identity centers around the church as opposed to around there you go. The training. You said it better. That's that's what happens. Yeah. They, they, your identity centers around the church and what the church is doing, and and that's what sometimes some pastors uh, build is you are giving to the church, you are participating in the church, you are building. So in it, and they, it's like by 
the in- inference is that by giving and ministering to the church, you are also giving and ministering to Christ, to right. the, the to your heavenly Father. But there, that isn't the only way. You, you you aren't limited by you give to the church and then the church gives to everybody else. It's we we have a direct connection, right? Like you said so. With you. I, 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 my passion is to bring Christians together and, um, and, and the way that the Lord showed me to do that was just through creating a Facebook group. That's all I did. But it has just recently, like I said, like really within the last couple weeks, it has started to function the way that I had envisioned in the beginning. And it came through me getting over my fear of rejection. Um, well, you know, I'm 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 a supporter. So if there's anything I could do, let me know. Uh, I'm going to be putting um, the information on the description so that people could join uh, the Jesus Tribe on Facebook and help build that community. Um, I want to respect your time, so I'd love to leave last comments or anything you want to say to you Hmm. i just want to encourage people to find their what their passion in life is that is their calling like jesus tribe was for me yeah um find what that is and you don't necessarily have to come up with it yourself it's just being available being open and asking the lord to show you right and so do that. Uh, ask the Lord, what is your calling and, and purpose in life? And as he shows you what those things are, and it might not be immediate, it wasn't for me immediate, but just keep asking. Keep asking and keep being open until you receive it. And once you do, um, then just start taking steps in that direction. Don't let the comments of other people or the discouragement of other people keep you back because it really doesn't matter it, there's so many people too who are you know when i first started Jewish tribe we had you know 10 15 people in one of the counties and i'm thinking this isn't working god you told me this is what you want me to do and it's not it's not working but i think that that was all a process of self-development for me to to recognize that he may call you to something that might not be wildly successful or immediately successful right away but if he calls you to it, it doesn't matter right? because you're doing it out of obedience to him and out of what, you know, to fulfill that burning desire he put in you. And it's not contingent on any response from the outside world. Right. So I just want to encourage people to to ask the Lord for that um, that purpose. We all have it. And I think we sometimes get fo- so focused on our day-to-day, paying bills, building a business, supporting your family, being there for your family, that we lose sight and we think we're too busy or, you know. But, but ultimately, our satisfaction in life is centered around fulfilling your destiny. I agree. Thank you for being a guest on my show. Think highly of you and you have been a blessing. Hey, I hope you like the show. 
If you got something from it and want to bless me back, leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and also subscribe to my channel. If you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at kingdom.moves. I pray that God gives you hope and that you step into everything he's got planned for you. Peace. Oh,